Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is really just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've gotten to know very well over the past few years. We both went to Catholic, but graduated at different times, and our paths crossed again later in life. Our friendship has grown. We're both planners, but introverts. It's Laura Rice. Welcome, Laura. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. (laughs) There was so much I could say to introduce you that we like, we're planners, but we also are singers. We like to have fun, karaoke. I don't know. I think we have a lot in common. There's things I could say. I'm sure we do. (laughs) And we definitely don't see each other enough just due to distance. But I've always felt um, just like in the same way our mutual friend, Michael, like I met him and I I was just like, okay, we're going to be friends. And like, it was just the same (laughs) thing with you. I met you and I was like, okay, we're going to be friends. This is happening. Like, (laughs) I love it. And you've been so loyal over the years. I feel like I can always you know, rely on you. You're always up early in the morning like I am. And I know that like if no one else is up, I know I can text you. (laughs) So I appreciate those similarities. And if I'm not up, I will just have my phone on do not disturb because quite honestly, that's a pet peeve. Just just don't get mad at me for texting (laughs) too early because I don't get mad at you when you text too late when my old lady body is already asleep. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally. Another thing we have in common, the the geriatric lifestyle. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm on board. I'm on board with that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, Laura, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I uh, am a systems and process specialist, uh, but I Ooh. don't do that just like systems and structure for the sake of it. I do it so that I can relax. And my love language is quality time. So um, knowing that everything is in order in my business, and all of the plates that I'm spinning means that I can be fully immersed in what I have scheduled, you know, to do, or I have planned unplanning, which is like, whatever happens today, that's wonderful, because I know that I don't have to be paying attention to my computer, or any of those things. And um, I love to run. Um, mm-hmm. And so actually, I've listened to a lot of seven mile chats podcasts while running. Um, oh, so I'm, I'm kind of it'll be a little meta when weird to hear yourself. I'll be hearing myself <laughs> while running. Yeah. Um, but I do listen to it normally on double speed. Um, so that might be a little, a little extra and weird, but, <laughs> um, and we'll talk really slowly. Yeah. So then it won't so <laughs> um, and I love to sing, uh, refinish furniture for fun, uh, cook and read mystery novels. Um, and I love my friends, my family, and just, like I said, quality time. So all of all of kind of those other things are in service of that quality time love language. Which is my love language too. So I think that's another thing and reason why we we've connected and, and stayed in touch over all these years. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and I'm so excited that you decided to do the podcast. I love that you listen to it and you're, you're again, such a loyal friend. Um, but I love this passage that you picked. So what I'm going to have you do as um, if you have the Bible passage pulled up in front of you, I know you said a bunch of different versions. Um, 
just whenever you're ready, go ahead and read the passage you've picked for us. Sure. Okay. This is Revelations 21, verses 1 through 7. The new heaven and the new earth. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had disappeared, and so had the sea. Then I saw New Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down from God in heaven. It was like a bride dressed in her wedding gown and ready to meet her husband. I heard a loud voice shout from the throne, God's home is now with his people. He will live with them and they will be his own. Yes, God will make his home among his people. He will wipe all tears from their eyes and there will be no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. Then the one sitting on the throne said, I am making everything new. Write down what I have said. My words are true and can be trusted. Everything is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give water from the life-giving fountain to everyone who is thirsty. All who win the victory will be given these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my people. I love that. So what version did you land on? So I just picked up the contemporary English version. Um, And it's funny for those of you that, you know, weren't on the call two minutes ago, uh, <laughs> I was saying, I can't find the version. I've, I've been struggling to find it. And it's the version. Um, I think this is like exactly it. And I, I don't know that it's actually even exactly it, but it's definitely, there are some ways that it's, that it's put into words in this version that I think really um, kind of gave it some new meaning for me even today. So totally. um, I love, yeah. I love just books in general, when you read them and they mean one thing for you in one moment, and then you read them again and you pick out other things um, that mean something new to you um, in that next moment. And for those that like don't read, it's when you watch Parks and Rec and you catch up on, uh, you know, jokes that you miss the first, second, third and fourth time around. Absolutely. And I, I want to, um, so I have a slightly different translation and I want to get into all those different meanings. But first I want to give a little bit of a background on Revelations because Revelations I think is one of the most misunderstood books in the Bible. Um, and it's one of my favorite to discuss with my students, but it is a really you know weird book. So obviously the book of Revelations is full of symbolism. And that's because John, the evangelist, the apostle, the one who wrote the gospel of John, Um, wrote this book and his gospel, and I've talked about his gospel on the podcast with some other friends, um, is the gospel that's really different. It's full of symbolism. He's writing for like a Jewish audience that would have been really familiar with a lot of the the familiar symbols in the Jewish culture. Um, And John was the only apostle who was not martyred. All the other apostles met their their end through martyrdom, but he, he was exiled. And I've actually been to the island where he was exiled in Greece, the Isle of Patmos. And it's this beautiful island because Greece is beautiful. So, you know, what a bummer to be exiled on this like beautiful island. But I've been to this location where he had this dream for the book of Revelations. It's called the Cave of the Apocalypse and it's on this Isle of Patmos. And he has this crazy dream. And if you go down to the Isle of Patmos and go into the cave, like um, he it's, it's, of course you would have crazy dreams when you're like sleeping on a rock and stuff, but, um, they had this beautiful shrine, like, like built to it now. Um, and he had a scribe, like write down these visions that he was having. So this book is all full of like these crazy dreams and visions that he's having. And a lot of people think it 
means like, you know, it's what the end of the world is going to be like. And in some ways, like the passage that you read, we hope there is an element of that, but we don't take this book literally. It's full of symbols, you know, like this dragon head, the four creatures, they all stand for something. So I know I could go on and on and forever about revelations, but the main point is it's symbolism, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but the, we have a lot of beautiful images of heaven in this. And so the passage you picked from um, chapter 21 is this beautiful image of heaven that I hope, you know, that there are elements that do come true and, and are, you know, real, um, because that's what I believe that, you know, heaven's going to be like. So um, my question to you, my first question for you is, why did you pick this passage? So growing up, I was a liturgical minister. I sang the number of funerals that I have sang in my lifetime. I don't even have fingers and toes to count. Um, And I always... The life of a musician. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So um, lots of families. Again, it's it's that... um, I think it probably comes down to that quality time of taking that, that gift that I'm given and using it to bring solace in that, you know, in that sad time. And just even, even in my work, like I'm the type of person I want to, I want to solve problems. I want to bring comfort, um, all of that. So, um, this is very often one of the options, um, or, well, it is one of the options in the little pamphlet that they hand out, um, to folks, um, that are planning a funeral. And, um, I was probably about, 10 or 11 when I really read it for the time that it really sunk in. Um, and it, it just was so beautiful. Um, I love that there's just this all encompassing love and, um, and, you know, comfort and, um, and just, I guess, beauty in the words. I, I, you know, seven simple verses just say so much. Um, and so it's always been one of those that has stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. when, you know, I was thinking about which one would I do, like, there was no question, this was absolutely mm-hmm. going to be the one. Um, it's been the one that I find solace in, um, anytime there has been a, you know, a death, um, of a loved one. Um, and I, I think that in some ways we'll get to this a little bit later, but this is how I kind of help to inform my life. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting that this is the first one that you, you think of because I don't necessarily, I love revelations as I've said, but it's not like a go-to. I think most people would like go to the gospels or maybe some kind of, I don't know. We've done a lot of prophets on this podcast too. So I think revelations, it's not necessarily everybody's go-to. So I love that it's like your go-to because there is a lot of hope. Um, So can I read my version to you? Okay. So this is the new American version. Um, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, God's dwelling is the human race. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will always be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death or mourning or wailing or pain or the, for the old order has passed away. The one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. 
Then he said, Write these words down, for they are trustworthy and true. He said to me, They are accomplished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give a gift from the spring of life-giving water. The victor will inherit these gifts, and I shall be his God, and you, and he will be my son. So that's mine. And of course, I, I like your contemporary version because I think we talked before. Um, you know, obviously, there's, mine has a very masculine language, and <laughs> not everybody loves that. You know, to, to you know, I think with a Catholic, my Catholic upbringing, like I've come to understand that when we use the word man, it means like all humankind. Mm-hmm. But I know for some people, it's really important to have that inclusion. So. I don't know. Well, that and that was the one thing when we were kind of going over where, you know, I said, I know it ended with, I will be their God and they will be my people. Like, I just Mm -hmm. knew that that was the version that I had read at, at, you know, the first um, funeral that I read it at um, and kind of all of those things. So I wanted to make sure that, that that was kind of the, I guess the button on it to use the theater term. So the that line that you that you found, I'm glad that it said it says earlier, I think in verse three, that um, you know he will dwell with them and he will they will be his people, and so it's more um, inclusive there. But it is interesting that the last verse ends with like a specific individual person, and in my case, it's an individual man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that um, that line of "I will be their God" is a callback actually to Exodus mm-hmm. when Moses received the Ten Commandments. It was up in Mount Sinai, like talking to God. God's, you know, essentially says, and I'm summarizing that, like, if you keep these 10 commandments, then I will be your God. Um, so I love that Revelations, like, is ending with this, which is the last book in the Bible, kind of calling back to that, like, second book in the Bible and the origins of, you know, um, God's covenants. Um, I don't know. That's another nerdy theology thing. I love it. I love it. Everybody's a dork about something. And so possibly in my case, multiple things, but that's okay. Um, I also really love the, um, my words, this is kind of half of verse five. My words are true and can be trusted. Everything is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give water from life-giving fountain to every, from the life-giving fountain to everyone who is thirsty. Mm -hmm. Um, All who win the victory will be given these blessings. Um, And so, and, and then of course for, I mean, obviously I love the entire thing, but you know, there will be no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These, these things of the past are gone forever. Um, And there's just such optimism yes. in that. Yes. Um, and we need that right now. So we'll definitely apply this to, um, you know, modern day. I think, you know, you, you said that this is read a lot at funerals um, because, and we get a lot of our images of heaven. I started by saying that there's lots of symbols in here and we don't necessarily take it literally, mm-hmm. but that I do hope, I mean, we get our image of heaven, like from this passage. So some of the things that jump out at me, the throne, like someone sitting on a throne, we picture maybe god and christ sitting on the throne we don't know if that's actually what heaven's going to look like um but we we get that image that life-giving spring we think of like i don't know what do you, let's just maybe ask like what do you picture heaven to be like laura do you picture it like this because you've read it or what do you picture like, heaven um, to be like or is that too too deep no um so i'll share i i grew up catholic um it was in some ways organized religion and and Catholicism and the Bible itself were weaponized um, during my childhood. So I don't own a Bible anymore. Um, I 
um, despite having worked at a church for, for many, many years, um, I do not attend, um, a church regularly, um, at this point in time. Um, but I still consider myself very spiritual. Um, and I, I believe that there, there is an afterlife. I do believe that there are, um, you know, I, I think I'm paraphrasing right here, but, you know, riches beyond compare that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that this, this pain will be gone. All of the things that kind of drag down our day to day will be no longer, um, that being said, sometimes the easiest way to deal with the loss of a loved one is to kind of think of them as being just not in our vicinity, right? So that they mm-hmm. still exist. I'm still in a in a in a world where they are. They're just not able to interact with me or not near with me, um, and mm-hmm. so it, sometimes I'm like, oh yes, there's, you know, here's exactly what heaven is like. And then I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. it's just heaven is that, that person can't pick, they can't pick up the phone. They can't, you know, kind of have that normal interaction, but they're still like a part of our lives. Um, and, and so I think all of that to say, I don't a hundred percent know. I hope to find out someday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My students always they were like, you know, what's heaven like? And is heaven like this? And I'm like, y'all, I have not been, have not been, can't, can't report, you know, have not been. But I do, you know, I bring all that up because I think we do get a lot of our imagery of heaven from this passage. Yeah. And even if it's not like Christ sitting on a throne and like rivers and stuff, um, you know, not physical, I think what you described, that idea of like peace and no more pain and this idea of tears being wiped away, I feel like that's something that we can all maybe get on board with. Mm-hmm. That oh, in this next life, like there's peace and no more suffering. And so I think that's, you know, regardless of what heaven looks like, we can, under, you know, understand that we're with God and, and at peace. And that it's, um, it's more about the intangible than the tangible. Yeah. And so yes, it doesn't matter what God's decorating style is. It is the, right. <laughs> it is the feel <laughs> of the space that you walk into of just that immediate sense of calm and respite and, and welcoming, um, I think is more spoken like a true organizer. <laughs> I feel like this ties in. I, I don't know if you realized it, but like this does tie into that, like you going into a space and feeling calm and like, that's what you do. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. It, it, <laughs> it definitely, there's a lot of intertwined and probably why this resonates for me so much, because a lot of the reason why I do what I do is a longing for, and a need for that growing up in a chronically disorganized household. I needed that peace. I needed that calm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, from my biz, from a business perspective, like a lot of my skills were built out of that, but from a, from a, you know, connecting to this, um, you know, that idea of like, wow, okay, things will be peaceful and calm and restorative. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't make a connection until you were talking about that, but, um, so those lines of the imagery and that God will be the, like the inclusive idea that he is all of our, you know, he is the God of all of us who, who choose to accept him or, or to, um, and even those who don't, mm-hmm. I mean, like we're all, you know, connected to him in, in the end. 
um, an idea of peace. What else are you pulling out from this passage? Like what else kind of jumps out to you from this? Well, I think that, that what you said about how even those that don't necessarily choose to, to follow him, they are still, you know, that the one lost sheep, right? That one lost Mm -hmm. sheep runs away and we're going to, we're going to take time to, um, to bring that back, you know, that sheep back into the flock um, and to take care. Cause it's not just about getting that sheep back into the flock. That's, you know, that's not where it ends. It's that taking care. And, you know, even the prodigal son that comes back and it's that taking care of the father, you know, rolls out the banquet, right. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. all of, all of those things. Um, I think in so- some of this, um, I'm getting deeper than I think I ever have on this passageway as well. Um, but I think that that is just how, how we should best live our lives of like just that, that inclusivity and, and that care and that empathy um, for mm-hmm. all of, all of the things that are happening, um, all of the people that are around us. And I think that is something that is lacking in the world. Um, so we can use more of that. I agree. Yeah. So let's then take this passage and then let's apply it to this today's world, because I do believe it has a lot of hope and mm-hmm. that idea of newness. Um, in one of my previous podcasts, a friend, um, my friend Julie talked about from Isaiah and she referenced this, like the, that Jesus later, um, you know, says in the New Testament, behold, I make all things new. And here we hear it again in Revelations at the end. Um, so what do you think this passage, what can we how can we apply this to our world today? Like, what can we get from it? Well, um, I know I didn't include this one in, in my technical passage, but uh, for those that want to like read a little further, verse eight goes, but I will tell you Mm -hmm. what will happen to cowards and to everyone who is unfaithful or dirty minded or who murders or is sexually immoral or uses (laughs) witchcraft or worships idols or tells lies. They will be thrown into that lake of fire and burning sulfur. This is the second death. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we, we didn't. We didn't include that part. We didn't include that part. So, what do you want to say about that, Laura? <laughs> I just want to say that um, that I, you know, that's not typically included in the funeral readings because no one wants right. to hear that, right? <laughs> You're at a time where you need right. that comfort. You don't want to hear that. But I think that. Um, having, you know, just, just understanding that it's like, you know, seven verses of this beautiful, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of everyone and that nurturing. And then it's like, oh, but guess what? There's going to be a smackdown real quick. quick. Like, let's have some real talk (laughs) about all you folks that are not, you know, being compassionate and, and, you know, living, living yeah. the way that I have prescribed. Um, and so, you know, we don't need to go too far into that. Um, but I, I right. just, <laughs> I think it's a little, um, interesting that in one verse, it kind of balances that scale out, right? We have seven verses to kind of like weigh down that one side of the scale. And just in one verse, it's like, okay, but recognize like all of this, you don't get it if you're a jerk, right? Basically, yeah. And I mean, we can get the you know <laughs> hell talking about hell as a whole another podcast. And I don't, you know, I never. Well, my students are always like, well, "What's hell like?" And who's there? And da da da. I'm like, again, haven't been, can't report. 
also like I'm not there to judge. Like it's not for us to judge, you know? And I honestly think a lot of this is choice, Mm -hmm. right? It's about our choice, how we live on earth Mm -hmm. and we make a series of choices and we still fail and we all make mistakes and we make poor choices, all of Mm us. So it's, you know, then what do we do with those mistakes? You know, do we continue to repeat them or do we, we choose to learn from them? And so I think, you know, I don't want to get into judgment or anything correct, like that. Correct. Correct. Well, and, and our position. That's, that's not what, you know, I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, this is a no judgment zone. We're going to come in, you know, with right. solutions. <laughs> but um, I can think of a time that my, my husband, you know, we have these beautiful vintage glasses. We actually like use them. Uh, as the table decorations for our wedding. And he was so upset because he had broken one when he was washing dishes and he like was beating himself up. He, you know, I, I had already gone to sleep. Right. And the next morning he was like, I'm so sorry. I broke one of the glasses last night. And I was like, are you okay? And he was like, well, yeah, but I broke one of the glasses. And I said, did you do it on purpose? And he was like, no, it just slipped out of my hand. And I was like, so you didn't like throw it up against the wall because you wanted to make me upset. And he's like, no, like looking at me. And I was like, okay, well, you're human and accidents happen. Right. And it it wasn't done with malice intent. And so, um, you know, we to live, you know, a, a good life, a pure life, you know, all of that kind of stuff is is sometimes a very lofty goal. But if you do it from yeah. a like, do no harm, you know, um, and and treat everyone with, with, you know, kindness and, and be that like, you know, he will wipe the tears from their eyes, there will be no more death, suffering, crying or pain, like that can happen here on earth mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. by our good works, right? We can we can help folks that are um, you know, that, that are, do not have money for food that we can, we can volunteer Mm -hmm. our time. We can use monetary donations. Like we can, we can do things to help alleviate some of those things here today on earth. And, um, and I think that that, like that verse particularly is one of my favorite in this entire passage is that, you know, yeah. these things of the past are gone forever. And I really believe that we can do something today to even minimize them, to to help make that transition. And when we do move on to the afterlife, that the amount of suffering um, and, and crying and pain in the world mm-hmm. can be less so that it's not yeah. as extreme of a change. Yeah. Um, amen to that. I think that's really well said. Yeah, I, I like how you point out this one last verse. You know, we don't the, the the hell verse is not there, I think, to to judge or condemn or for us to do that. Um, but to balance out that like, oh, don't you want all of these beautiful things? You know, like think about how beautiful this is. Like, wouldn't you doesn't it make sense to want to to devote yourself to that so that you can have all these beautiful things? Um, but and I like that you said too this the application of verse four that like we can make this happen on earth a little bit now, mm-hmm. you know, we're not God, we can't do everything. He ultimately is the one who can, can take all of our pain away, but yeah, we should be applying some of this. Now we should be seeing what we can do to alleviate people's pain. Now, wouldn't we want that? Like we don't have to make this world as, you know, a cesspool of suffering mm-hmm. <laughs> as we think it is. We can make it a little bit of heaven on earth now. And, um, 
you know, one of my saint, my favorite um, Saint, Saint Therese of Lisieux, she has a quote that I'm going to butcher, but it's something like, you know, I want to do my, my heaven doing good on earth, mm-hmm. you know, like the idea of this, and this relates to this passage, this idea of the meeting of the heaven and earth and that we can have a little bit of that now and we sh- and we need to be the, the ones who work to do that. I love that. Well, and I think you um, struck on a great point there of, you know, heaven, heaven on earth and just that um, contentment, not complacency, mm-hmm. but contentment, mm-hmm. meaning you feel like you've done what you can with the time, the resources, and the emotional energy that you have. And then you can get up the next day and reset. And, um, you know, it's not necessarily like a cumulative running total, but, you know, was the next day better? Did you learn? Did you grow? Mm -hmm. Did you help someone outside of yourself? Um, Even, you know, in the smallest way possible. Did you do something outside of yourself? I love that. I love how grounding that is too. Like you mentioned before, we have these like lofty goals sometimes. And um, I think a a lot of us often go back to, it can just be the small, just take deep breaths, you know, and just what good did you do today? Mm -hmm. Um, St. Ignatius has this examine that we can do at the end of the day where it's just a quick check. It's just like, you know, where did I bring peace today? What good did I do today? Where did I, maybe what were my failures and how can I change them the next day? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a quick check and you don't have to beat yourself up like your husband was doing with I the glass, know. you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that we're so conditioned in the world of like this thing matters or this material thing matters and that kind of stuff. Like at the end of the day, if his, if his, actions came from a place of malice then yes we have like fundamental issues right but if it comes from an honest you know an honest mistake um and all of that kind of stuff like i um i was on the board for a nonprofit, and pretty much the first day in i was like okay so we're gonna play nice in the sandbox and if there's any issues or feelings are hurt we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because most of the time Mm -hmm. It will be something that was a misunderstanding or a miscommunication or any of that. And if it's not, we have an even bigger problem to deal with. Um, And I think that Mm -hmm. that is maybe going to be like my my last kind of little bit is that we do have a bigger problem to deal with in the world right Mm -hmm. now. And let's try to get Mm -hmm. it to, um, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say and have it come from a place of compassion. And that will make ripples, which will make waves of positive and love filled change in the world. That's very well said. And I just want to kind of you know wrap up and say that, yes, while we have this goal of heaven and these beautiful things that we hope to come, just to echo what you said before, it doesn't mean we have to wait to do for all of that Mm -hmm. like we can start to do those things that you're saying now so that we we can make the world more bearable and a little bit more like heaven on earth now so I think that's um I think we came to a really good conclusion with this you know I I never really know where all of these these podcasts are going to go but I I love that you picked this passage and I think that um we did a really good job looking at it from different angles was there anything else you wanted to to say um, as we wrap up um i just want to say thank you for doing this it has been um something that i've been able to do in my my catholic ways 
right now to kind of, <laughs> you know, see scripture in, in a different way. Um, and I love learning all of the history and, and all of that. Um, that's kind of my favorite um, kind of geek out section on the podcast. But I also love <laughs> that you're that you're also open to um, hearing all different viewpoints. And at no point in time were you like, okay, well, Laura, you're not a practicing Catholic. Like we, you know, no, I, you know, you were like, yes, yes. Let's have this discussion. Let's understand and let's grow together. And so I want to thank you for being an awesome friend, but also just being a really great human. Um, Oh, thank you. Same to you. Thank you for being open to, to doing this as well. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not into echo chambers. I feel like that's something right now that's um, destroying us. It's just, we're just listening to the same voices that agree with us. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's productive. Um, And, you know, you and I definitely have a lot of similar things. We, we listed them at the beginning of the episode. Um, But I love that we can, you know, we can connect on those things, but then even like go forward and, and learn new things, you know, and, and connect in, in different ways. So yeah, thank you for being open to this and for sharing. And it's such a beautiful passage. So um, the end of the podcast is where I do plugs. Is there anything that you wanted to promote or plug or um, share? So I, I am offering my time management for virtual meetings for free right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody Ooh. is interested for their business, um, for especially, I know you probably have a lot of teacher friends that are just kind of struggling with everything going virtual right now. Let me know. Um, mm-hmm. It's my way of just giving back and setting folks up with the skills to kind of navigate this new normal as much as I hate that phrase, but um, to navigate. And how can they find you? Um, They can can find find me through you. Um, They can also find me. uh, (laughs) uh, Crux Organizing is my business. Um, And yeah, you should you should totally check out Laura. She's an amazing. If you haven't been convinced by listening, she's obviously super grounded, super organized, does amazing work. You know, I think a lot of people could use some decluttering in our in our minds and in our spaces. So you, you're you're doing amazing work, especially right now. Thank you. It really comes from a place of of love and care. And I have this skill that I was given, um, and let me help other people um, to to then live their best life and have that quality time if that's what their love language is or whatever else they want to have time mm-hmm. for. Um, so that's, yeah, that's let you do the work. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laura, so much. And if you guys do want to connect with Laura and you can uh, find me on Twitter or Instagram at Miss Struckley one, M S S T R U K E L Y one on Twitter and at seven mile chats on Instagram. I'm also looking for more people to chat scripture with me. So no matter what your background, if you're open to talking about scripture, uh, hit me up. So thanks again, Laura. And thank you all for listening. Bye everybody.